Greetings, traveler. Welcome to the Cast Perilous. Welcome to the fifth episode of The Cast Perilous, in which we continue to follow our tabletop RPG group's characters in their adventures near the eaves of Dolmenwood. I'm Tom Coleman. I'm playing Burn Trumbull. My name is Tracy, and I play Rosemary Springward. My name is Kate, and I'll be playing Beatrice. My name is Josh, and I'm playing Deld Bard. I'm K.W. Taylor, and I'm playing Jolie Elderwood. And I'm Jeffrey Scott. We're happy to have you in our party. I'd really like to thank everyone who has liked, subscribed, reviewed, or even just given a listen to our fledgling podcast as we've taken our first few steps out of the sheltering forest. We're neither voice actors nor comedians. We're not in the gaming industry, nor are we professional podcasters. We're in this because we love role-playing games and stories and making things up as we go. The fact that you are still here listening to our made-up story means everything. So thank you from the depths of my wicker simulacrum of a heart and tell your friends. In this episode, we are going to try something a little different. Midway through, we're going to step a few days back in time to see what Beatrice of Woodhall Priory has been up to. Yes, that's why Kate introduced herself a minute ago. Told you she'd be back. But let's begin where episode four left off, with Roe, Del, Jolie, and Byrne deep below the Hare and the Hound Inn in the tomb of ancient goat men. They gather around the wide-open mouth of a ten-foot-tall devil-goat face. All the while, an animated human skeleton plays them a silent song on its broken harp. In the Cast Perilous, Dark Places, Part 3. I brought an extra candle. You know, I said I grabbed a couple candles. Well, I'm going to light a candle and roll it down. It rolls for a few feet, and you lose it in the darkness. Oh, wow. But then you hear it pick up speed, and you think that it's probably sloped down. So fell down the and then it like, the might stomach. have gone straight down after <laughs> yeah. a little ways. Hmm. You actually hear it hit after a little while. You hear the candle clatter when it hits. There's a floor, and there's it's not that far down. All of you hear a bit of a rustling in response to the handle going down there, though. Something's moving around for sure down there. Your friend said to seal it up in a place. Is yep. this a place we yeah, can we seal, seal it up? Well, the question is, is there a way out from what it's in? You see what I'm saying? Oh. Mm. And we have no way of knowing that without going in there. This might not even be under the main dwelling anymore. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, like yeah. How, how, how many there? steps down was it? Maybe two stories of okay. stairs? Oh, two oh. stories underground. Okay. This is so scary. And we have no sense of direction down here in the depths, I would assume. Well, so far you've just been going straight ahead. But will we know where the river is in relation to where we are? You're traveling towards the river, so we would be traveling that would be west. west. So we've been traveling towards the Bob's farm. Oh. No. Well, yes. Oh. You haven't gone far. Well, right, because point. we would have to go under the river. Ro, did you tell us about the Bob's son being under the barn? Oh, yeah. Isn't it weird that there's a underground place here and one in the barn? <laughs> if we keep going the way that we've been going, 
it will head towards the farm, which also heads towards, correct me if I'm wrong, Woodhall and the Dunstone. Yes, all of it is in that direction. Make an intelligence check, Del. I got a two. It does strike you when you start thinking about directions and things. Mm -hmm. You could pretty much line up the inn with the old bridge going further on to the Dunstone. Mm. And in theory, even further on would be the Priory, all kind of in a line, which reminds you of what you know of ley lines. Kind of making me wary that the bogs were concerned about people in the basement, and they know we know about it now. Julie, you know that bandits were hiding out somewhere on the bogs farm. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if their visitors were the bandits, they were being caged because they didn't want to harbor That's right. Did they perhaps take up residency under the barn and then find something that they shouldn't have? Maybe the other end of the tunnel? We should go out and go back to the farm and check the farm floor. Maybe we should just check without asking them. Creep and crud. I vote for going back and checking and sealing everything up as we go, closing yeah. doors, yeah. laying salt on the doorways, and going back to check the farm. I like that idea. Yeah, that's a good thing. The only other option in this room would be to open the coffin, climb down the goat throat, or we could smash the skeleton and throw it down the goat. Mm-hmm. Could. Let's go to the farm. The farm is a better idea. I like that idea. Yeah. So you're leaving everything intact except for the bottles? Yeah, I'm taking the bottles. Just as an herbalist. I feel like they're interesting, and the guy is dead. He doesn't need them anymore. If you test it and find out it's just booze, then I'll want some. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. (laughs) Okay, so then you're backing out, and you're putting the salt down at the doors, and you're pulling them completely closed. Mm -hmm. I test each one just to make sure that we can get back in if we want to. They do seem to open. Okay. I'm very concerned that this is under where I'm living right now. Mm. Okay. You are able to retreat without much problem, honestly. Come back up the steps into the cellar. You're going to close that as well? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have Fern help me move a wine rack on top of it. And put a lot of salt around. Salt everything. Yes. Putting the salt back for Nan. I'm going to go talk to her. Yeah, you've used a ton of it. Maybe need to tell her that she needs to buy some salt. Can I talk to her for a minute to, like, warn her? What? What's going on? Go down there only if you have to. I don't love you going down there at all until we know what's going on. And certainly don't disturb the wine rack or the stone. So you're telling me you've trapped something down there. There's something... Under the cellar. There's an underground tunnel that seems to go from the inn into other parts of town. Really? Yeah. So don't touch it. And you might want to order some more salt. What have you been using salt for? Oh, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Keep the cats out of the basement, too, for now. I don't think they're interested in going down there right (laughs) now. Okay, so, to the Boggs Farm? Yep. Um, it's, still, it's still the middle of the night, say it's still although it's, it's like the wee small hours of the morning right That's now. Probably for okay. the best. I don't think I want them to know we're checking it out. Right. Well, there's still, is the fire still going? It's just smoldering. There's smoke drifting everywhere. But it looks like people have been coming back and going to bed. 
And the night is just oppressively hot. After you come up out of the cool of underground, it's just disgustingly hot and muggy. And there's still that heat lightning and the glow of the embers over there. You would see that the barn is not burned to the ground. Okay. Much of the roof is burned away, and a lot of it is kind of gutted. There is a light on in the farmhouse, but it seems quiet. Well, I feel like we should be sneaky about it. Like I not, agree. Not inform them that we're there. Uh, I'm definitely going to hood my little feet lantern so that they can't see us coming. I think we should just head straight for the barn. I mean, we know kind of what we're looking for. We can just make sure to go on the other side. And yeah. We can light a little light when we're out of view of I the I would building. extinguish my torch if we're trying to. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, you go around to the far side. The barn is smoking a lot, and there are still embers that are orange and look like they could burst into little fires. But the floor looks like it's intact. Unfortunately, a lot of the roof fell in, so the floor is covered in rubble. Ashy timbers, I guess. You can see a place that looks like there had been an attempt made to try to dig away the fallen, burned timbers. But it's all still smoking. You don't think they were able to to get everything moved out like it had been too hot. But it's cooled down now. (laughs) It's still pretty hot. So we can't really find a way to get underneath the barn, can we? It seems like it would be a bit of an operation. Actually, I would like all of you to make... A perception roll at disadvantage. Mm. So roll twice. Roll twice. Take the worst music. 18. 16. 17. 11. You made it under your perception? Yep. Okay. I had 10 and 11, so... Ro, once again, you usually are looking around being really observant, right? You notice something unusual that may not be anything at all, but yeah. there's a bright green flash near the Dunstone. Oh. Which is a ways away from here, which is yeah. near your house, actually. Huh. There's this flash of green up on what would be the hill, probably, that you wouldn't have seen unless you were just looking, looking in exactly at it that right direction. at that time. Oh! There was a flash of light over by the cemetery near my house. It was like a flash of green. It wasn't like lightning or anything. It was very strange. That's the direction of the Dunstone? Yeah. Perhaps we should change our tack. The other spot that I was thinking of yeah. was that pit that was near the Dunstone, which is where I had originally thought that maybe the Boggart had escaped from. The yeah, bandits are yeah. the bandits. They'll be here in the morning. Yeah, we'll yeah. check on the family in the morning. Okay. Let's check the Dunstone. So you do. You change your uh, plan of attack and you head to the road and follow it along. It's a couple hours till morning. You're all getting pretty tired yeah. at this point. You head out there through the darkness. Lantern's on again, I'm sure and head up the road, up the hill, the same hill that Owen took up from the town on that first night. You make your way up there near Roe and Owen's house, and the old ruins of the church, mm-hmm. and the lichyard, and the hill on which is the Dunstone, and mm-hmm. five smaller stones. I'm casting around to find that spot where the pit was. was you have to walk through the wooded hill. It's on the far side of the hill. I recommend that that's what we head toward, you know, to see if we see anything. Okay. So as you're coming up on that area, you all see that there is a bit of a green glow near where you remember this pit being. A little clearing. Just through a few more trees, you should push your way through and you'll be there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Not making any effort to hide yourselves. You come out into the clearing where you see two men with twisty beards standing by the pit. They're both wearing black robes, and they each carry a staff. 
The staves are glowing ever so slightly. They both look to you as you walk into the clearing. They're both staring at you, but they've not spoken. And you start to hear cracking sounds in the wood all around you. Oh dear. Oh dear. So you're basically just having a stare down. I yell at the men. Who are you? What are you doing here? One of them speaks. We are Droon. Who are you? We are from the village. A monster attacked some of us tonight, and we're trying to track it down. Did Um, you break this ward? No. No. Who did break this ward? We have no idea who broke it. Do you know how to put the Bogart back? We know where it's at. They look at each other. Where is it? I don't know how much we want to tell them about the goat tombs. It's in a it's hiding in a burial mound in town. A burial mound? Yes, there's an old oh, burial mound in town that not many people know about. Um, you still hear things in the woods all around you. What are these what's in do you have friends with you? That is not your concern. Well it is if they're going to pop out and eat my face. You want this creature in this hole. We want the creature in the hole too. So you like We are working toward the same goal. Perhaps you can serve us. Oh dear. They look at each other again and look like they come to mental agreement to something that you can't really hear. We have performed the rituals here to reestablish the warding. Since the bogger travels along the lays, it will not be able to return here along the lay. Others have established wards to the far side of Tull's Fork. Therefore, the Poggart is contained. Problem solved, <laughs> So it's trapped in the town now? Contained between contained two places. Okay. It's contained within uh, the, the inn. It is contained in the burial mounds that you speak of. I don't think we can leave it in the, the state that it's in now, or we risk losing the entire town. If you wish to do something about it, you can kill it or trap it, perhaps. But I suppose that's up to you. I want to kill it. Trapping it might be easier. I'm sure killing it would be the more difficult option. By far. We got we got pig killer here, though. We can do anything. I don't know that pig killer works on boggards, but I mean, I'll try. What kind of things would be required for us to kill a boggard? That is not our concern. What is your concern? There's no longer a poisoning of the ley line. Also, that's all you care about? You don't care about the people that live in the town? You could say that. Would it matter if we said that it was our concern as to whether the barter lived or died? Do you intend to descend into the burial mound? We already did descend into the burial mound, didn't we? Well, we didn't go all the way. I think the dark hit is where it went. Fine. How do we seal it, then, if killing it is too difficult? I think you already know. The salt and the iron. The salt and the iron. Yes, the, the, the salt and the iron and the glue and mixing them together and sealing them in. Pretty easily broken. It is not easily broken. This so, stone was unbroken for many hundreds of years. Who broke it? I wondered if you might tell us that. None of us would have anything to gain from breaking that seal. I don't know who would besides 
No sorcery on this hill. Quite contrary, actually. <laughs> there were some goat men here. There was a goat man here not very long ago at the Dunstone looking for his dead relatives, actually. They look at each other, kind of nod. Uh, uh, so it was old Cornelius, something that he did. One of them said this. I expect these burial mounds are of Goatman origin. I think we could safely say that they're Goatman burial mounds. If you descend into the tomb, we would request that any lore that you find within you bring to us. You would be rewarded. Rewarded with what? Gold. We have gold. How much gold? More than you've ever had, I promise you. It means very little to us. But there wasn't anything left in the burial mound, besides a few empty cups and some drinks and a skeleton playing a harp. They look at each other again. You did not find the actual tomb. Oh dear. We're going to have to go down that horrible black hole. There's no other way down there. We didn't get to look under the barn yet because it was still smoldering. We tried, but it was too hot still. You refer to the farm down there. Yeah. There is nothing there that would connect, I can assure you. The only thing there are some brigands hiding in a room. I think we're going to have to go back down that horrible dark hole. Is there only one entrance into this place? We've never been there. Nor do we have any interest in going there. Would it do us any good to seal the tomb without investigating any further? He's going to pay us money. (laughs) So... Liable to be riches buried with the Goatman aristocracy of old. Dangerous, too, I'm sure. (laughs) Oh, yes. We've spent enough time here. Wait, how will we meet up with you to get our money? Return to the hill. We'll know when it's done. (laughs) The men are leaving. They turn and start to move off down the road. The sounds all around recess into the woods until it's all quiet again. Well, it's awfully late now. You almost see a lightning in the sky over in the east, as if the dawn is coming soon. I guess I would stay at your place. Oh, yeah, that's fine. You actually are all right by Rose Cottage. Oh, yeah. Which is actually right here next to the hill. Anyone who doesn't have to go into town. Well, we should get supplies together, take a bath. Yeah. I don't love sleeping over the... I know it's down there now, but... Nan's still there. I know, I need to keep her safe. Do you have to go back home? Probably, yes. Your brother and sister saw you go run off to help at the barn, and then they heard that the barn burned down. Yeah, you might want to go and explain things to your family. So I presume you go back into town. It's almost dawn. You're all very tired. You've been up all night. Come to the inn for a late lunch. Okay. You can face the monster with a full stomach. We are now going to let our heroes try and get some rest before they re-enter the tomb next episode. But perhaps this is the perfect opportunity to step a couple of days back in time to when Beatrice of Woodhall Priory returned from her adventure with Del the Bard and Rosemary Springward to a rather unsatisfying meeting with Mother Esme. It is the 20th day of Keisting, the seventh month of the year, one day after the fullness of the moon, 
and two days after the astrological beginning of summer, as the wise reckon it. The monks, nuns, and lay folk of Woodhall Priory are observing the Feast of St. Dugan. The sky is blue, the sun is bright, and the air is quite warm, especially when emerging from the comparative cool of Mother Esme's reflection chamber by the scriptorium, which is where you find yourself, Beatrice, after having your talk with the mother. I'm pretty upset at being kind of brushed off by Mother Esme. Uh, I feel like I had just went through something very important and life-changing for me, and she did not seem to care. What are you going to do? Are you, are you leaving? Are you going to do what she suggested and go and pray? This is, in fact, the Feast of St. Dugan, so there are various things being observed, various special rituals and things. But as for what you feel compelled to do or not do, it's totally up to you at this point. As Mother Esme had me read the tenants, the tenant wander the land that you might lend aid to the weak and the helpless really spoke to me. And I feel like that vision was me being told to go and do this. This is what I'm compelled to do. And unfortunately, Mother Esme does not understand it. But it seems clear to me. I'm going to pack my belongings and go. It's very little. Just a few items like a lantern, bedroll, and a, a holy symbol. And, of course, the mason shield. Yep. I'm assuming there's some sort of a pantry. Yes. Um, there is a dining room called a refectory. And there is a kitchen and buttery off of that. Are we allowed to just go to the buttery and, and get mm, what we want? Not officially, no. Okay, so yeah, I'm going to uh. head there, but I'm going to try to not be conspicuous as I make my way to the kitchen with a small sack tucked into my clothes and sure. go get some food supplies. Well, you make it to the kitchens. There are a couple of nuns in there who are preparing the evening meal. Right now it's mid-afternoon. Yeah, you took it several hours to get here from Rose Cottage. But you happen to get there, and you see that luckily the two nuns who are working in the kitchens are your friends, Sister Wenlin and Sister Lisbeth, Wenny and Lissa. Lissa sees you immediately and looks all excited. Wenny is very, very intent on whatever she's stirring over and adding ingredients to. Beatrice! Beatrice, there you are! Have you been talking with Mother Esme this whole time? Not the entire time. Um, I would ask if you could keep a secret for me. A I, secret? I had a vision, and I think I need to leave. What? Wenny hears this, and she all of a sudden looks up aghast. What? what a, a vision? A vision? A vision of what? It wasn't exactly clear, but I do think I'm being called to go and reconsecrate out in the Dolman Wood. I'm going to leave now. What? Right now? This very moment? That's... 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 That's ridiculous, says Winnie. Where are you going to go? I'm not sure yet. But please don't say anything. Lissa looks almost kind of beside herself, somewhere between anxiety and excitement. And she says, I won't say a thing. I won't say a thing. This is... This is wonderful. This is just like in the stories that Dell tells. I would turn to Wenny and say, can I count on you to not say anything? She looks, Please. She looks inwardly slightly tortured. 
I won't mention that you are here unless they ask me directly, and then I have to. Thank you. And I'm going to start to gather some food supplies. You can probably gather some things that wouldn't be missed. There's enough here right now that you could get enough for certainly a few days of travel, things that wouldn't spoil. When he says, you're going off to the woods, the woods, we've heard all those, those stories about. I know I'm not supposed to be listening to those tales, but you've heard the tales as well as I about black dogs and bat-faced goblins. Witch owls! They look at you and they turn you into mice. I have heard the stories, but I will have the protection of God. I don't think he would have sent me that vision if he wasn't going to protect me. <sighs> yes, I suppose you're right. Just be careful. Wenny is definitely the more naturally mothery of the two, and she seems incredibly concerned, whereas Lyssa is just kind of much more flighty, obviously. Lyssa says, And the cold prince! Don't forget that! Oh, I won't. <laughs> and you're taking, you're taking along your, your mason shield. I am. I'll be back, I promise. And I say that directed to Wenny more than Lyssa. Wenny is just stone-faced for a moment. And then you see that she's getting actually a little teary. She says, I, I know you will. And she comes over and gives you a big hug. You'd better be off soon. You're lucky that we were here and not someone else. Someone will be along here shortly anyway. You should be on your way if you're going to go. I will. I'll take care of myself, don't worry. And I'll give Lissa a hug too and... She would definitely hug back. And I would hurry off. Go with God. You leave them. You leave them there. You hear at that point the tolling of a bell as you're getting ready to leave. You've heard it before. When a monk or a nun dies, they're actually tolling a bell signifying a death right now. That's inconvenient. Was there any... Would I have any idea who it is? If it's going by the very old... One of the oldest in the order is Brother Adalbert. The monks and the nuns share the same chapel. The same bells would ring, whether it was a sister okay, or Okay, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. But Adalbert is certainly the oldest one here at the Priory. Not that that necessarily means anything. You do see a number of the other nuns and various lay folk who work around here as well, looking kind of concerned but some seem like they're going to find out what's what. They're all whispering amongst each other. No one seems to know. I still gather my things, and as kind of awful as this is going to sound, in a way, I would see it as a good time to slip out while everybody's distracted. And they are. They definitely are distracted. I'm not sure what the best way to leave would be. Is there just the main gate? No, there's actually at least one other lesser gate. I definitely try to kind of eavesdrop as I'm headed out. Try to hear what's going on. Make sure it wasn't somebody that I knew. Well, if you kind of head out to where the gardens are and that yeah. the people tend... That's where I would go. News will travel quickly. I'm not going to make you roll anything. In fact, Brother Albert, the old monk, has finally passed on. A lot of people were kind of expecting it for a while. When I hear that, if everybody's distracted, I'll head out the gate. I'm trying to walk as if I have a purpose. I don't 
like lying. And I'm definitely worried that somebody will stop and I will have to lie to them about what I'm doing. Let's make a stealth roll. Would that be dexterity? I think it would be. Unless you have any skill in stealth. No, I do not. Let's do a dexterity roll, but I'm going to give you advantage. Two 20s and take the lowest. A four. Good. In that case, there are a few moments when you are slightly concerned that someone's going to take notice, but everyone seems far too distracted. You just go straight for the door and out. You're back outside, outside the gates, and this time with no obligation to return. Except for what you said to Wendy and Lissa, of course. I do mean that. I'm supposed to have humility and not dream of greatness, but I can't help but hope one day I will be coming back as a famous champion of our religion, victorious. (laughs) I try not to acknowledge that part. Yeah. St. Guinevere, despite her humility, is extremely well known as a great champion for the one true God. So yeah, of course you can't help but associate yourself maybe as something like that one day. All right, it is late afternoon, and you're outside the gates. Now, the Dolmenwood looms a few miles to the north of you, and you could strike out directly into the forest, though not by any road, of course. I don't think I'm ready to go just straight into the woods, so I'm going to follow the road. The road, known as the Saint's Way, leads east to Tull's Fork, where you had your previous night's adventures, and west to High Hankel, a larger town and the seat of power for not the mighty Duke Brackenwald, but instead the rather less impressive Baron of the High Wold. Now, from High Hankel, one could follow the Swallop Road north to the town of Lankshorn, which is poised right at the eaves of the Dolmenwood, there was almost certainly a church there where you could find refuge, if that's something you would be seeking, not to mention several roads into the wood. My plan is to head west and start traveling north to Langshorn. To get to Langshorn from the Priory, if you're just walking, it's going to be a good 14 hours of walking. I'll head west and see how far I get before I tire. Okay. It is still a beautiful day. It seems like God must be smiling on your idea of going off on your own. Any thought of Dell or any of that stuff? I'm still a little upset at Dell, but I do hope that I will see him again. I still have a fondness for Dell, but I don't agree with what had transpired with Cornelius. But I am in such a good mood. I can't stay angry at him. Was he planning on going to Langshorn? He was definitely thinking of it. He wanted to go because he wanted to go see Cornelius. Although Cornelius creepily said, if any of you were in Langshorn, that uh, he would find you. That's true. I feel like Del's curiosity would take him to Langshorn, and I'm kind of hoping that maybe I'll get to see him before I head off on my great adventure, as I do not know when I will cross paths with him again. And so... Beatrice happily set off along the saint's way to meet her great adventure. She passed through farmland and some wilder country, dotted with trees and large stones, which she fancied might be dolmens, or perhaps ruins of ancient castles long since crumbled. Always to her right was the great forest, 
and more than once she couldn't help but feel a chill, thinking about Dell's stories of the Cold Prince, and considering that she would soon be treading in his old domain, beneath the ancient trees. But on the road, the sun shone brightly on her face, and quickly banished dark thoughts. Besides, being the saint's way, every so often another roadside shrine to one of the local saints would appear along the road, and Beatrice dutifully prayed at each and every one. As the sun sank toward the horizon before her, she realized that she was approaching a wayside inn, where travelers might find food, drink, and comfortable lodging, if they had the coin to spend, which Beatrice decided she did not. Besides, it was only the first night of her journey, she'd packed a bedroll, and she estimated several hours before it got too dark to see. Upon examining the signs posted outside the inn, she plotted what she believed would be the fastest and most practical way for her to get to Langshorn. There apparently existed a little-used footpath that led through the hills to the northwest. It would bring her very near the eaves of the forest, but it would get her to Langshorn much faster, probably by early afternoon of the next day, and it would cut High Hankel out of it entirely. It was with a smile on her face that she left the saint's way, to strike off alone along the path between the hills, as the sun began to sink below the horizon. I would continue, yeah. As it starts to get darker, and the fireflies start coming up out of the fields, and the sound of crickets and frogs starts to get louder as the birds go to sleep, you have made it a ways up the road. There are occasional old ruins of buildings that you don't really know what they were. You really don't know how many hours yet of travel it will be for you to get to Langshorn. I'm pretty exhausted at this point. I think my excitement kept me going, but I am now going to set up camp. Okay. Happily, it's not particularly cold or anything. It's in fact still quite warm. The ground has retained all of the sun's warmth that it has soaked up all day. Not too far off the road. I don't want to be right up there. About 15, 20 feet away from the road, I would say. <laughs> I would try to make my camp as hidden as possible from the road. You can find kind of a little rocky area with some scrub growing on it that you could kind of shelter from the road, direct vision from the road. Would you have a fire or anything? If it's warm enough, probably not. It's warm. I don't want to draw too much attention being that I'm traveling by myself. Sure. It gets dark really fast, though. Although the moon, when it rises, is still very bright. It was actually full last night, so it's still going to be bright when it comes out. It's honestly very, very peaceful, and it's not even all that terribly uncomfortable. You're on some soft grass. The sound of the frogs and the crickets are lulling you off to sleep. You have a dream. And in the dream, you are a person in the vision again. You, obviously. You feel the feel of soft moss under your feet. You realize that you're in an area where there are fairly uniform-shaped hills under some pine trees. As you go further, the ground gets even softer because there's a carpet of pine needles. As you are wandering between these pine trees and amongst these uniform-shaped hills, you can't help but think of one of the other stories that you'd heard from Dell, The King's Mounds. Old Barrow Mounds in the edge of the forest. That's where you are. 
you're in the equivalent of another cemetery. I look around and see if I'm drawn to a particular mound or if I see anything like that blue light that I saw in my vision. You do not. In fact, it seems very dark. You're wondering where the moonlight is because you know it's supposed to be a full moon. There's no moon. And in fact, it's getting very foggy now. There's a mist rolling in. Everything's getting very hard to see. I take out my lantern and I light it. It's projecting a very small circle of light. I continue to walk. You're continuing to walk, and your feet are making a little bit of a thump whenever you put your foot down. It almost feels like it's hollow underneath you. How thick is the fog? Pretty thick. It's getting thicker all the time. The light of your lantern seems like it's getting dimmer, too. The whole place is getting darker and darker. And that's when you start to feel that in addition to the thump of your steps, there's a thump from below, underneath you. I crouch down and I put my ear to the earth and listen. The thumping becomes more frantic and you start to get confused, your head starts to swim, and then there is sort of a flip, and you are now in the dark underground. You realize that you are the one who is beating on the earthen roof in desperation to get out. Is there anywhere that I can move, or am I... When you realize that you're buried alive, that would be when you snap awake. And That's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you wake up, you realize that you are in a dense fog bank. There is actual thick fog all around you right now. Moonlight, if there is any, is at best illuminating the fog, but you can't really see the moon through the denseness. I'm going to put my hand out in front of me. Can I see my hand? You can, but it's not clear because it's dense. Make a check against perception. And I also have a skill called detection. So that's going to give you a bonus to your perception of plus one. So it's going to be 14 for this. So you're going to want to roll a 14 or less. A seven. While you can't see much around you, you definitely hear something scuffling in gravel. There's something moving nearby. How far away does it seem? That much is hard to tell because the sound seems distorted in the fog. I'm going to get my mace out and try to make myself as small as possible next to the rock and crouch down and hope that whatever is out there won't come nearer. So you're crouching there with your mace out, and I would like you to make an initiative roll. You're going to try and make a dexterity check. I did, a four. Well then, you're hiding there, and all of a sudden something leaps out of the fog at you. All you see is a horrible face, a devil face, leaping at you. I swing my mace at it. In that case, go ahead and roll a 20-sided die. When you're trying in combat to hit, you want to roll high. You want to roll above an armor class to hit. It says attack bonus 1. Add 1. 14. That's good enough. 
You beat the armor class. You wallop this face coming out of the darkness. So, yeah, damage. Okay, it is 1d8. A 7. You hit it hard. You hear a sound like shattering pottery. Is there a body attached to this face, or do I just see the face? Well, you see there is a body. You smashed its head, and it's just a body. It's a small body. It looks kind of like a withered, wrinkled, old man body, only maybe about three feet tall. And the body is gesticulating with its arms, and it's stomping its foot. And he doesn't have anything above his shoulders. So, like, is there anything on the ground? There are what looks like shards of pottery on the ground. It's not trying to attack me, right? It's just gesticulating? It is. I'm gonna bend over, pick up one of those pieces of its, what was its face, I'm assuming, and and look at it. You pick up part of it and see that it looks like pottery, like it was a milk jug or something. So there's no face? There is a face painted on it. You're not sure painted with what, but on the piece that you pick up, you can see part of a jagged toothed mouth. Gosh, I don't know what to do about a dancing withered old man. It's about then when you hear a voice from elsewhere, from off to your side. Oh, look what you did. He was really fond of that one. Who's there? You see another figure come out of the fog. Another small withered looking body, but wearing what looks like a funerary urn on its shoulders in place of a head. No face on it. The voice sounds like it's coming out of the urn. It's walking forward. It puts its hands on its hips. Just look at him. What are you? What are you? And he pulls out from behind him where you don't think he had anything behind him before. You saw both of his hands. But he pulls out a flower pot and he takes it over to the first one and sets it on his shoulders. The first one says, Oh, finally! And turns toward you, and now they're both standing there with their hands on their hips, glaring at you as much as anyone without eyes can glare at you. Why'd you try to attack me? Oh, come on, I was just trying to scare you. I wasn't going to hurt you. It worked. Now what are you? What are you? I'm a human. And they both giggle to each other. Where are you off to? I don't see why that's any of your business. We can help you. Do I have any idea? Like, have I heard of pot-headed creatures in any way, shape, or form? Or am I wondering if I'm losing my mind? You definitely have never heard of anything like this. Most of the stories you've heard are from Dell, And he's talked about a lot of weird things. But he's not talked about uh, potheads, if you will. (laughs) I'm wondering if I'm still dreaming at this point. I feel like... I'm going a little crazy right now. Um, Thank you for your offer, but I don't think I'll need your help. They both turn to each other and giggle again. Is that so, little mouse? How would you help me? I can take you to a safe place. Or you could go your own way. What do you mean by a safe place? A place where you'd be safe. Am I not safe here? 
She clearly doesn't want our help. No, doesn't want our help. Well, we'd best go. Wait, will something bad happen to me if I stay here? There's a lot worse than us in this fog. I'd move out of the fog bank if I were you. They're both wandering off, though, into the fog. You can't see them anymore. I hesitate. I'm definitely feeling scared. And I am wondering if I'm still dreaming. And I don't know how to get out of the fog bank. Hold on. I gather up my stuff, what I can, quickly, and and start to head in their direction. You think you can still hear them talking? They don't seem evil, or at least I hope. So I'm going to follow them as best as I can, hoping that they will leave me out. You start stumbling along through the fog, and you still can't see more than a few feet ahead of you. Can Um, I still hear them? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Like, you'll hear them ahead of you, and then you'll hear them off to your side, whereas you don't think that you deviated from your path. You keep kind of wandering in their direction that you think that they are, but it almost seems like you're going in circles, you're not really sure. I think I I am going to keep following them for a little bit longer. Have I lost sense of where I am? Make an intelligence check at disadvantage. Okay. Eight. That would be yeah. the higher of the two, so no, you made, made it. it yeah. Okay, you think that you still know where you are, but it's definitely getting really hard to tell. You're aware of the fact that if you follow them much further, you're probably not going to have any idea where you are. I'm going to try to make it back to the rocks, since those creatures clearly aren't going to help me anymore now. So I'm going to try to, to make my way back. So you start heading back toward the rocks in the way that you know is back toward the rocks. I'm going to have my mace ready. I'm definitely a little paranoid right now. Make a willpower check. Oh, no. Oh, just barely. 16. And my willpower is 17. Oh, you have a fantastic willpower. Yes. In that case... You feel like your head is a little fuzzy, like something's trying to mess with you. Something's trying to mess with your mind, and you feel like you have to shake it off, and you feel like you do. When you do, you realize that you're not where you thought you were at all, that you're actually in amongst some trees. You're in a wooded area rather than an open area. You can see trees all around you. Is the fog lifting at all? You think that it is a little bit. It's thinning out more and more, and in fact, the moonlight is starting to filter down through. I don't remember seeing any trees near me when I camp, do I? No. And as I look around, do I just see woods? Is it just trees, or is there anything? It is just trees. You know that you should have been back at the rock. If things weren't unnatural, if things were normal in the world, you should be back at the rock by the road in the open. But in fact, you are in a forest now. And that is precisely where we shall leave Beatrice for the time being, lost in the wood. We hope you enjoyed episode 5. As I mentioned at the start of the show, we're new at this, so... Any comments, questions, exaltations, predictions, fan art, love letters... 
Goatman sightings, or other curiosities, are encouraged and greatly appreciated. Maybe we'll address them on the show, or perhaps a special episode? You can find us in the following knotholes, thickets, and root cellars that we call our social medias. This is Tom. I play Burn. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at twick516. That's T-W-I-C-K-516. I'm K.W. Taylor. I play Jolie. You can find me on Twitter at K.W. Taylor Writer, and I am the co-host of Pause Pop, which you can also find in your favorite podcast app. And if you'd like to reach Tracy, Josh, Kate, or myself, our email is thecastperilous at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at thecastperilous. Dolmenwood is a creation of Gavin Norman of Necrotic Gnome. Low Fantasy Gaming, our awesome set of rules, is by Stephen J. Gridzicki of Pickpocket Press. Beth Treadway created the image for our logo. Check out her other work at Beth Treadway on Instagram and Twitter. Our theme music is A Walk in the Woods by Edward Brown. That's nedwin04 on pond5.com. Sound effects are either homemade or found under the Creative Commons license on freesound.org. In our next episode, we return to Tull's Fork, where the rest of our heroes, for better or worse, finally confront the Boggart in its lair in an extra perilous episode of The Cast Perilous, which we call Dark Places, Part 4. Until then, be safe, but always remember, we'll see you in the woods. <laughs>